I was riding in the bus and Ian was sitting next to me and he says, hey, we're, I'm, I'm part of a group and you should check this group out. And so he tells me who's on the group and I went and did the whole event and I'm like, how do I get in to the group? And it's not like, where do I go apply? It's like, give me the keys. Where do I get in? <laughs> and um, it has been fantastic. You know, I don't want to be all sappy and, and tell you all these great things because I'm sitting in front of you, but I don't know how you guys have done it. I mean, it, I don't know if how you have any free time or anything like that. I know you're you know, very driven and, and y'all have done a fantastic job. This event in particular, I mean, all of them have been good, but it's been getting better every time. Welcome to the Commercial Painting Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just getting started with your business, we're here to help you take your organization to the next level. Today's show is brought to you by the Commercial Painting Industry Association, or as we often refer to it on the show, the CPIA. It's also brought to you by A David Creation. You can find more information about these sponsors in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for being a part of today's conversation. My man. <laughs> Craig Bundren, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is cool. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, obviously, I've known you for a while and we're uh, we're in the same peer group in CPIA, so I have a little bit more insight, so it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll fire a couple questions. Maybe I'll learn something new about you. And then uh, David here can ask some questions as, uh, you know, somebody without quite so much information. So, but for starters, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about, you know, location, company, painting, what do you do? What is, what, what's kind of your background here? I feel like y'all have two people here, so I can't lie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I have a commercial painting business in Houston, Texas. I am a third generation uh, painting contractor. Uh, seems like that I would have found something better to run off and do, but you know, just follow that. But uh, we paint commercial where we do some repaint, but uh, I would say 90% of it is commercial. We try to do the large, large projects. Define large projects. Like what kind of a, so um, if you ask one of my project managers, he's like, I like the large, dirty, nasty ones. And I'm like, <laughs> eh, you know, uh, we do a lot of like, Hospitals. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Um, we do a lot of high rise buildings, um, hospitals. We do churches, not, not too many schools, but, but ground know, up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ground up construction. And, uh, we try to go in there and, and offer things that other people don't offer. Try to, you know, I, I think client service is a really big thing for us being a, company that, you know, they always refer to bidding work as a race to the bottom. So it's, you've got to offer a little something extra in there in the relationship or, or ideas, things like that to, to be low bidder or close to low bidder with that. So they'll, they'll use you, but it's just mainly the, the big project. We do the medium sized projects too, and then the smaller to fill it out. But, you know, if I can put a whole bunch of work in, in one area, then that's, that's good for me. And it's all Houston. Mostly Houston. I've traveled all around. I've, I've, I've been doing this a long time. So I've, uh, I'm not one that learns from other people's mistakes. I like to make my own mistakes. I've done work, um, out of, out of state. I've started chasing big box for a while and I was doing work in Madison, Wisconsin and all over. And it was really good until it wasn't. And then it was really bad. Right. So, yeah. you know, I got out of that, but mainly Houston now. I like to, to keep it in there. I guess I'm getting older and my ego's not so big, so I'm not trying to be everything to everyone. What does your management team look like? So we have my management team. I have a chief 
estimator. I have a um, chief project manager. Right now I'm running one uh, superintendent, and then I have about, right now I think 12 foremen or so. We typically run between 80 and 100, 120 painters, just depending on Season. how many projects we have. And for us, it's not, not so much seasonal. Yeah, a lot of people ask about that. Um, it's yeah, Houston. Houston. Yeah. We paint all the time. And to be honest with you, 90% of our work is indoors. Mm-hmm. And we're waiting until the AC's running because you've got to have controlled air in the building. So our guys don't don't get a whole lot of it. Now we do some outside stuff. So yeah. we'll we'll have that. But we're we're pretty solid straight through the year. So that brings me to kind of something that you had talked about earlier today at the conference. And we're broadcasting live from the CPIA conference. We're literally sitting in a room looking out at Wrigley Field. We the the the, the marquee sign is right directly this out is our awesome. window. Yeah, it's <laughs> so awesome. This is pretty great. sweet. My dad's jealous to talk to him this afternoon. It's his birthday. <laughs> I, I, I did do a video call with him, but I can tell his job was dropped. Yeah, so, yeah. It's been pretty crazy. They're like, yeah. oh, I thought we were doing it like kind of around Wrigley. I didn't realize it was in Wrigley. Right. Like, right. It really right. is. We, we've had such a great time here. So, but I want to... Um, I want to kind of hit on, you talked about like it's majority new construction, a lot of ground up build, general contractor. That's kind of your niche, which is great. And I know that you talked today a little bit about using outsourced estimating. So not just like it's, it's more, it sounds to me like it's more than takeoff service. This is like full on employee estimator outsourced from Philippines or something that you're using and having good success with. So maybe you could just give us a little bit of insight into like, a, how'd you go about making that decision? Did somebody bring it to you? And then like, where have you found, you know, success, struggles, issues, you know, like whatever it would be. I'm just curious to hear about that process. So maybe you can start us from like, Hey, I decided I was going to hire a virtual estimator. Like, how did you come to the moment that you wanted to even hire a virtual estimator? I, I looked around at a lot of different things. I was, I stated today and I really hadn't put it this way prior, but you know, it's, it was kind of that maybe this is the magic bullet. I'm going to go, uh, there's going to be really low overhead and we're going to make a lot of money. And, you know, I'm, I'm the visionary, the, the, the driver for my business. And you always want something that's a, that's a lower cost, but I wasn't wanting to do it where I'm standing on somebody's shoulders and abusing someone or anything like that. And so we were trying to think of ways to do it. And prior to that, I had tried to hire someone in India and teach them how to, we use on-screen takeoff, and I was going to teach them how to use it, and we were going to have them bid work for us and um, basically do the takeoff, and then we would do everything back in, in, in-house in at the office. And I looked through doing that, and uh, it just, it didn't work real well. Um, it, it didn't, we didn't actually hire the person. We interviewed them, talked about it, kind of sent a job over for them to look at, and the funny thing is later on, I saw that woman on LinkedIn and she had, had learned the software and was advertising her services. <laughs> and then um, the other thing is we get all those emails from companies that want you to. Every day. Oh, every yeah. day. And I every, mean, every day. Yeah. You can't unsubscribe from them fast enough. It <laughs> right. just doesn't matter. It's a never ending thing. And so part of it is just me being pissed off. Like I will never use you. It does not matter. I will never use you. You won't stop emailing me. I want to push your eyes out. But I wonder if they, like, the fact that they're sending emails almost 
I have to believe that they're getting some business doing it. Somebody must be using them. I don't know anyone that's using them. I know we did the same exercise, right? Like we hired one of them, sent them a couple prints. We don't do, we're more of a repaint contractor, but we did. So we weren't real astute at, we were slow essentially. But I mean, I found that it just really, that process winds up with people pointing, you know, like it's like, oh, the takeoff was bad. You know, the sales guy's like blaming this or then that, you know, and it, it, I like someone to own a process, you know, mm-hmm. for me. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's kind of, if I'm hearing you right, that's kind of what you're saying is like, Hey, we, we wanted the process owned by somebody. And so that, that piece didn't work. And then, so what'd you do next? If, it feels like there's no recourse using them. And we had uh, reached out. Uh, I think we had sent two jobs to somebody and the, the price was, it was a large price to, to do it. And then the, the service wasn't any good. So, well then you don't, you, you also have to, they got to get to know your company and that takes time as well. So Absolutely. There's, there's training, there's back and forth. It's hard to give someone just one takeoff, right? Here, give me the, t- give me the, the numbers for this. That That's it's hard to do that. So I think there's, that's probably why you went down the path of the, it, it's difficult. I think that there's a lot of people that don't put the thought into it and like, Hey, the idea is we'll hire this person and then we're all going to skip happily through the forest. And it right. just never works that yeah. way. Um, from other groups that I have been in or, um, events that I had gone to, people were talking about virtual assistants. And, um, one of the people mentioned the multiply me. I had worked with, um, I, I know everybody's familiar with Annie. Yeah. I, I had worked with Annie, uh, on Annie Newton from profit works right, on the accounting side of it. And that worked really, really well. And, and, um, they were using people from the Philippines and that worked really well. And a big part of it was Annie putting her processes on that, but she had really good people, but through that, I got to know what it was like to work with a person from the Philippines. And so I heard about multiply me at another group function thing that I was at. And so I reached out to them and they worked back and forth with us asking, well, what are you looking for? And it was a, it was a real long process, but we, we went back and forth with what we were looking for and what they work as, is they are basically a headhunter in the Philippines and you can run the person through them. So they have a U.S. office, so you can pay the person in the U.S. office. Um, so we said, yeah, we'll, we'll try that. And they, uh, we put like a job ad together with them, and then they started bringing us candidates to look at. And being in the Philippines, you know, there's, there's certain things that you have to watch out for. You have to watch out. Does this person have reliable internet? Do they have good internet speed? Do they, they, um, have a nice speaking voice that, you know, you would want them to talk to your customers if that's a part of what you want to do. Some people don't want them to talk to their customers. And then do they have a private area in their home? Because we interviewed some people that said, yeah, we have a private area. But then if you checked it during a different time of the day, there was, kids running around in the background or the, you know, the family was cooking or, or whatever. They don't even have the private office. And most of them would use a, um, a background on their screen. So you really don't know what you're yeah. looking at, but we found, um, found the estimator that we use. Um, he's been with us for three to three or four years. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, he's been there a while. He's been great. There's a lot of ideas that I push forward that my team pushes back on. And they push back on this. You know, we don't want that. They don't know how, like what you mentioned, they don't know how we do it. And um, now if anything's ever mentioned, you know, that don't, whatever you do, don't let, don't let him go. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a great guy. So it's, 
It's worked out. We have, um, he now is he, let me ask, sorry to interrupt, but is he filtering through projects or are you sending them? I want you to bid these ones. Cause I, I, how would he know? Or is it just, you always work for the same general contractors. Do you pull, where do you pull your, how do you decide, I guess, what he's going to bid or like, you don't want him just bidding on random. How do you decide that? We use, um, teams. We have teams and we use, um, construct connect. Mm-hmm. And, um, so being that we've been in business a long time, we get direct invites from general contractors. We get stuff through that site and then we get stuff, I think through Procore as well. And so my chief estimator, um, I have someone else that, that loads all those invites into teams. My chief estimator goes through everything and figures out what she wants to bid. Then she puts it on the calendar for, for when it bids. And then in teams, we have a list and they go through that list and, uh, okay, when an estimator picks that up or is assigned, then their initials go next to it. And then the next dot is the plans are downloaded. The next dot is it was put into OST and then the next dot. So we can see where it goes. So she assigns all those and then he just goes through his, finds what's bidding, bids it. But they have a 30-minute huddle every morning. So she talks, the whole estimating team talks every day for 15 to 30 minutes. And I know I asked this question earlier, but for the audience, um, the time zone, right? So like one of the questions that we hear, like one of the things that people say, you know, so I, I have a, I have a, one of Annie's virtual assistants who does our accounting type work. She starts when we end our day, essentially. I think she starts about four or 5 PM, maybe 6 PM, something like that. Our time, which is I think morning for them. And then she works a normal day. And, um, what we've found is it works really well for us because it's accounting. T- so she's doing all the data entry, keeping real time job costs and that sort of stuff. Cause we finish our day and by morning we have all this data. So it's great but when you're talking about meeting on teams. So what are the hours that this individual would work? Is it for your time zone? And then what are they working on their time zone? Do you under, do you know that? I don't know the, the actual hours I know for our time zone. Yeah. So he's working, um, a late, later into the evening, but it's, um, it cuts off at noon our time. So it's like, he's ending our day, his day is, is we're beginning ours and they overlap some. So when we brought him on at first, we made him work nights because while we were training him and it typically takes about three months to train one of these. I've talked to, to several other people that have done the same thing. And three months is about the magic number that it takes to, to teach someone how to estimate, um, the way that you do and in the software you use, but, uh, he overlaps until noon. And then he, he responds and not everybody's going to, but he responds a lot of times if I send a, a an email to him or a team's message or, Somebody calls him. He has a Vonage phone. You could use any type of VOIP mm-hmm. type. So he's got a phone number and he talks directly with our general contractors. Uh, he emails back and forth with them. He typically copies our chief estimator on those. That way we know what's going on. And um, she gets a chance to see all that stuff and then help him to, uh, you know, change anything that we see that we disagree with or you should have handled it this way. But um, it's it's turned out to be a really good program. Everybody's happy with him. And even our, our general contractors are happy with him. And, um, I had someone asking me, they said, well, what do you do when you bid something and the general contractor wants some information, but your person's on a different time zone? I said, well, we are very upfront about 
this is who he is and this is how the setup is that this is how it works. I'm not hiding anything from anyone. I want them to know that he is in the Philippines. Uh, we had one guy tell him that he needed to come to a safety meeting. He's like, I can't, I'm in mm-hmm. the Philippines a little bit hard It'd be expensive yeah. safety meeting. But, um, Nobody really cares. You know, nobody looks at it as a, as a bad thing. Cause he's and a professional. He's a professional. Yeah. Uh, the guy is, uh, he's an architect. Mm. I mean, he's, I'm sorry. He's got, a, I'm sorry, engineer. He's got an engineering degree. And before he worked for me, he was working for Exxon Mobil, uh, drawing out wellheads and things like that. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's smart. He is a very smart guy. That's, that's what I'm hearing about the, what, what's the politically correct? I think we're supposed to call them virtual professionals, right? Yeah, virtual yeah. professionals. Virtual right. professionals. Right. Well, they are. They are professionals. So these folks are very educated. Highly the, educated. Highly educated, yeah. Yeah, and, I think that our uh, like bookkeeper type role is is a CPA. Mm-hmm. Like she's literally an accountant. The, you are getting the upper end of people there because the pay that we give is so so good. I mean, it, it puts them in a good position. Not only did we teach him things about how we estimate, but he was teaching all my people about spreadsheets. I mean, they, it's been a, a give <laughs> yeah. and take. They've learned a lot from him as well. That's awesome. I think that that's something that, um, you know, so you would recommend it based on your experience. I mean, it's been three or four years. And, Absolutely. You know, and so, I, so you just have the one virtual professional now, right? Do you have more? Anyone else? I don't uh, right now, but, but there were, there's plans to yeah. uh, to add to that, v, uh, be it a uh, support system for the estimating team or, you know, more on the uh, the back of house accounting things. How, what is he, what's his response to all this? He's been there a few years now. So does he feel like he's part of the team? What does that look oh, like? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was telling some people earlier today that we do a company Christmas party and everybody's like, oh, we're you know, I wish he could be here. Right. And, uh, we, we do things like, um, he, he had his first child. And so we send, uh, uh, gift cards over there, things like that to, uh, to help them out with that. So yeah, he definitely feels a part. And with the, you know, he may not get to talk to everyone in the company, but he's talking to my estimating team every day. So it's, there's a bond. Today's episode is brought to you by the commercial painting industry association, the CPIA and a David creation. Find more information about our sponsors in the show notes for this episode. Now, let's get back to the show. So do you have any sort of on the comp, right? So obviously, you know, one of the, uh, obviously the initial draw to this is right that they're, you, you save some money and I'm not asking you to say exactly what you pay or don't pay, but do you have like, cause I think about like our estimators or our salespeople are all in some way incentivized over and above their, you know, we want them to close. We want the jobs to produce. So, you know, you get one, you hit a home run for us, you get paid more, you know, mm-hmm. like that's kind of what we look at. Do you do any of that? Or you just say like, this is your hourly rate and you bill us and this is what you get paid. And that's the end of it. Or do you have any sort of incentive programs? And does that seem to be something that would even work in that situation? It's kind of a two part thing. I'll give you. Um, when I first hired him, I was, it was through multiply me. So I paid him through multiply me. Well, after he worked for us for a while, we brought him on as our employee. So we don't pay him through Multiply Me anymore. We pay him through a pay service. Uh, we pay through wise.com and it cost us a dollar seventy or a dollar forty-five per transaction, and we pay him twice a month. So when we brought him on board where he didn't have to split that with the multiply me, that's like he got a raise on that one. Yeah. So I would like to incentivize him at some time, but 
you're asking uh, without me giving away stuff for him being, I brought him on as a junior estimator and I would say that he's a full estimator now. Now he doesn't, he doesn't estimate the humongous jobs that we do, but he'll do the midsize and smaller and I'm paying him, which very well over there, he's making a lot of money for where he is, but it's about one third of what I would pay any other estimator that's in there. That's, that's got say an estimator that has from six years on. Yeah. Paid him about one third of what that would be. But what what I've heard from others who've hired folks like your guy is that they, they're loyal. If you treat them well, they're they're going to be loyal. So it's hard sometimes what I'm seeing in the U S it is hard to find folks that are going to stick around and you're going to pay them top dollar and they're not going to stick around very long. So these, these guys are, they want the work you're paying them well for what they do in their area. And, uh, you treat them well, they'll treat you well. They're, they're very loyal. They're, like I said, they're making a very good amount of money doing this. And the other thing is you don't have headhunters calling them up every day because <laughs> my in-house estimators, there's poachers every day calling in, you know, and, and if you don't, if they don't like what you're doing, then they're, you know, they can go. So yeah, he's, he's been a, a great, great guy. So let me switch gears a little bit. I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of, uh, I think one of the really neat things about you is uh, the ancillary stuff that you guys do outside of uh, just the traditional painting and traditional marketing things like, I think you've uh, spent time recording your own podcast, so you have publications, you have mm-hmm. a foundation. So maybe you can kind of give people a glimpse into some of the stuff that makes Craig Craig that's a little bit different, you know, like, not, you know, like we, we all have a LinkedIn page or whatever, right. but I mean, you do, you do some really creative stuff and then on the backside of that would be how do those outlets help you? Or is it a passion or is it, you know, is it actually like about money or what, you know? How, and so that's what I'm curious to, to learn. I don't know if I can give away all my secrets, but uh, <laughs> um, don't worry. No one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I really liked about uh, when, when Tom was speaking today, he's like, yeah, nobody's watching. Nobody's yeah. looking. Um, for me, I'm a very driven person. There's so much stuff that I want to do and I enjoy being busy and and making things happen. And I think you're very much the same way. Uh, One of my mentors told me, he said, the funny thing about an entrepreneur is when everything starts going good, they go and want to have an affair on their business and they go start another business. And, And then, you know, something happens and you're not taking care of this one so well. And then this one starts going down. And so I would, I've always thought about that and I've I've been guilty of things like that, but I figured that if I could tie things together where they were around this business, because commercial painting is commercial painting, but it's not a sexy thing. It's not a, like people get really excited about it. And I had to, I, I did a lot of Tony Robbins events and it's funny because there's a lot of people that don't know who Tony Robbins is. And then there's people that remember him from you know, back in the the nineties and, you know, with his big head doing infomercials. Uh, <laughs> but I learned a lot of things going to those. And one of them was your elevator pitch or, or, or what you, what you tell people you do. And if I walked up to you and then said, well, what are you? I'm a commercial painter. People are like, Oh, that's great. So we had to come up with something that, that really clarified. And I worked with a guy there at the, at the event and we came up with, we are the artists that bring architectural visions to life through large scale media. And I thought, you know, that's a, that's a whole lot better than just being a paint contractor. And, um, took that a little further and kind of wrote that down and, and watched it a lot. I'm sorry, looked at it a lot. And, uh, 
art has always been a very, very interesting thing to me. So I started the Art Foundation, and it was a way to get creative. And then there was another side to it of, I know all these project managers. I know all these general contractors, property managers. If I could take these people and introduce them to artists, bring those people together, then something could be created here. And let's say that you're, you're building a, um, a new building in an area. If I could talk to an architect and say, hey, y'all are going to build this building. Let's tie it to the neighborhood with some kind of art thing and we'll promote it. And it became more of a, we're going to help the artist and feed the artist, but it's also going to bring attention to the building that the property management company or the developer owns and it was just another way. So I don't want to say that it was monetary, but it, there's a benefit. There's a benefit to everybody involved. I just want to make sure the biggest one is to the artist. The other thing was to donate. Uh, we have a lot of, let's say they change a paint color on a job that we're doing and we've already purchased it. Well, then we'll donate that out. Uh, if we can donate some brushes, things like that, or train people, I can go through my phone and show you all of these artists that are painting murals and they're in lifts nobody's tied off to anything and you know, it's, it's dangerous. And I want to teach those people how to safely do that because there's nothing worth dying for. There's nothing worth dying for while you're trying to create art. And if you're an artist and you are passionate about what you do and you're creative and then OSHA comes up and slaps you with a big fine for that, you know, I want to help that, you know, we've got the knowledge, we've got the contacts. Um, And then the other side of it is I love business. I love business. I love the way business operates. I, I had to jump in and, you know, this isn't the business that my dad set up. This isn't the way it, you know, it's run completely different. Times are different. I had to learn a lot about business. I don't, I'm not a college educated person. I didn't go out there and and get my, my MBA. So I had to go and learn all these things. And I wanted to share some of that knowledge with other people. So I started the, the podcast that I was doing. So I would, I would talk to artists And then I would talk to business people and I was hoping to teach artists some business and maybe some business people, some art. And, um, it's, it's, I haven't done much with it since the pandemic, but pushing it back out front to, uh, after today's speech from Tom, you're going to do it again. Well, I had been thinking about doing it. My wife had been pushing on me to do it. And then I felt like when I walked in there and Tom was just harping on that, I'm like, okay, I get it. Cause I've got everything, you know, I've got, it's all taken care of. All I got to do is record it. It doesn't sound as good as this one, but that was kind of David and I, we were like, we both know we need to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, all right, let's just get this stuff and do it. Like let's stop talking about it. And just record fun too, because you get to talk to people and talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about. And then it creates more conversation. So it's, I always enjoyed doing it. My wife would always push me. She's like, you're, you're good at it. You have fun. What are good at it? What else? You know, that's, that's what counts. But you know, when you do start out, it gets a little bit, you look at it. How many views did we get? <laughs> One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many shares? Right. Yeah. Right. One. And then the other you were asking me about was the, the chroma. So we, we were doing a quarterly magazine and it was more, I would say it was more like a newsletter, but um, it was putting out things in there about business, about art and sharing some of the things we do on maybe a little different media than just throwing it on LinkedIn or throwing it on YouTube things like that. And I've had people that have reached out to me and said, Hey, that's a great idea. Let's, let's take it a step further. And, and I will at at some point, but right now it's, there's been, you know, quite a few 
irons in the fire. And well, if uh, you get the more hire a few more virtual professionals, you'll get more time right. on your hand to go ahead and do do what you really want to do. Now right. I got a new idea. Yeah. My my entrepreneurial thing is now we're going to do an overseas magazine, yeah, <laughs> a virtual publishing company. That's Perfect. a whole different podcast. Episode right there. Well, great. Uh, it's great to have you here. And, you know, we try to keep these things at a certain time. I, I guess I would be remiss, though, if I didn't ask you a little bit about, you know, with this being a commercial painting podcast and, you know, CPIA. And so I guess I'll shamelessly ask you just kind of like, how did you find CPIA? What's your experience been like? And, you know, is it and then the event. So we're like I said, we're just at the tail end of uh, of our third annual conference. And we thought it would be a good place to get people together and make this get this thing going. So if you could give me a little a minute or two on just kind of your experience. Well, you don't do anything a minute or two. Yeah, I was so. going to say, you, could, you know I'm 30 gonna, seconds or less. Go. I talk yeah. way right, too much. This is going to start. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. You can talk as long as we you have, want about this yeah. part. We've got sound effects we can use right. 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 on the podcast here, so we can cut them off. If it, you can like, do you have one that sounds like you kicked a cat or something? <laughs> oh, we got them. Um, for, uh, so I was doing a lot of um, different uh, event things, conferences, and, uh, really, really picking up a lot. And there was one that I was going to that I enjoyed very much. And it just kind of was going down a little bit and people were losing interest in it. And so I believe it was, uh, Mike that reached out to me and said, Hey, we're having this thing in, uh, was it Palm coast? Yeah. That's where we did the first one. So yeah. he, he says, you know, you should come out there and check that out. And I thought, well, oh, okay. I'll check it out. And then I know the, a group of people from other things. And some of those were going to, those people are going to be there and they're people I want to be around. Yeah. I think that's a, and I think a that's really attractive how we got your name. thing yeah. is there's a lot of people here that I want to be around. And uh, so I went to that and I was riding in the bus and Ian was sitting next to me and he says, Hey, we're, I'm, I'm part of a group and you should check this group out. And so he tells me who's on the group and, I went and did the whole event and I'm like, how do I get in to the group? And it's not like, where do I go apply? It's like, give me the keys. Where do I get in? <laughs> and, um, it has been fantastic. You know, I don't want to be all sappy and, and tell you all these great things as I'm sitting in front of you, but I don't know how you guys have done it. I mean, I don't know if you, how you have any free time or anything like that. I know you're you know very driven and, and y'all have done a fantastic job. This event in particular, I mean, all of them have been good, but it's been getting better every time. There was a guy today at the end when this was all over, this one guy, and he was sitting at another table talking to people. He said, this is the best event I've ever been to anytime ever. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. It's going to be tough to top. Right. <laughs> like what do right. we do next? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your view, right. but, um, it, it's, I heard a lot of great things and there's a lot of good people attached to this everywhere where you turn, there's people that you, you want to emulate or have something that, that you have a question about or want, or there's just so much good about it. And uh, we were talking in our, in our peer group about between them, the people in our peer group, the dollar value of the amount of paint that we put on in a year is a huge amount. Mm -hmm. And that means something. So the, the representation, this, you get to learn here, you get uh representation, you get to meet vendors who aren't just trying to sell you something, but come and sit down with you and ask you questions 
uh, the, the, they have meetings the day after where you can sit and meet with vendors. And I can't say one event that I walked away from that I didn't learn something about one of my vendors or a program that we weren't taking advantage of or opportunities to be more involved. I mean, when you have these people that actually want to bring you to their factory and show you things or include you in a questionnaire of what they do, it's a lot different than going into the paint store or having somebody visit your office that's that's trying to sell you something. So correct. I hope I covered it all too much, but it's, it's a fantastic organization. And I think that, and I do think that that is something that is, uh, you know, a key different differentiator, if you will, that's just that we do, we want the vendors to be involved, right? We don't, we, we were like, like you should do a trade show. I'm like, Oh, so they can all go stand in a room by themselves. And we walk by and like, we're courting them. Yeah. Like, no, I want them to be part of it. Right. I want them like, I, we did round tables today and I was like, no, the vendors aren't getting out of takeaways in what your action plan, like you should leave here with an action plan. You're not different than the rest of us. Like you got to go to work on Monday, you know, go back to the office on Monday and you, you know, you have a responsibility too. So if we can do that, I think that you see what we have, if nothing else, is the most engaged association probably in our industry, hands down. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's what the vendors keep coming back and saying to the amount of engagement, the way that these people talk and like just the way that everyone is so close knit is not this isn't really normal. Right. And we're, no. and we're all in the same industry. You know I mean? Half of us compete in some way, shape or form. You know I mean? Some of my mainly competition was there. Yeah. Some, but the other side do. is I share my contacts that I do business with in Chicago and Cincy. I'm like, Hey, somebody's got some buildings in Houston. And I'm like, I know a guy, you right. know? So we we're able to be reciprocal in that way too. So it doesn't really hurt, but um, yeah, it is really interesting. It's been neat experience to see. And I think that the peer group and the model and what we do in the peer groups is really what drives the engagement, right? Because once you buy in and you get through the, you know, first half a dozen meetings or so kind of changes the tone of you, you, you kind of drop your guard a little bit. You understand the importance of being a little bit more vulnerable. And I think that that's a sweet, I think everybody do. in here has been vulnerable. I haven't seen people throwing a bunch of egos around and, and anybody coming in to tell them how big and great they are. I, I think it's a, a room full of people that want to learn. And the other thing I would, I would put out about it is this is about the commercial painting industry. This isn't small little painting, you know, here and there. This is, this involves a lot of big, medium sized, smaller commercial painting people. So we can all relate to each other. It's not just, uh, if you touch a can of paint, this is where you need to be. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a common, common thing. So it, it's a, Fantastic. And the shameless plug is if you haven't joined this and you're thinking that you could learn something and help your business do it. Thank you. All right. Well, anything else, uh, David? No, I think you covered all. All right. Well, that was one hell of a plug. So thank you, Greg. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to find your company, if they want to, yeah, I don't know if you want to give your personal information, you can kind of decide how much you want to give, but uh, maybe the name of your company, website, and whatever other contact information, if people are wanting to look and follow you and maybe the foundation, whatever. Yeah, it's um, Bundren Painting is the company. So if it's bundrenpainting.com. And if you type something that looks like the word Bundren Painting into Google, it'll it'll find it. There's a bunch of stupid <laughs> pictures of me. Yes. <laughs> All right, great. Well, David, what do you think? It's a great podcast. Love it. I've enjoyed thanks, it. Thanks, thanks for, for, thanks for asking here. me. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for coming, Craig. Sure. Can I have a job? Like working here with you guys? <laughs> yeah, perfect. You're on. <laughs> One bite. <laughs> 
Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Commercial Painting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and for being a part of this conversation. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and consider sharing this episode with somebody who might also enjoy it. We want to hear from you. If you have thoughts, questions, or even suggestions for future topics and guests, please reach out and let us know. You can find us at commercialpaintingpodcast.com or find our contact information in the show notes for this episode. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Take care and be sure to tune in next time to the Commercial Painting Podcast.